Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, welcome to another edition of our patron-only podcast. What we do is if you donate $5 a month, you get in a drawing. If I pull your name, you get to have your own mini quick shot podcast with me or Andrew sometimes. And we talk to you for 10 or 15 minutes. And this month's winner is George Hilburn. Is George, is that, is that correctly how, to say, how I said your name? Oh, yeah. You yeah. said it better than Eric Paulson says your name. <laughs> Eric, I think he does it. I think he does it as a joke every week to just pronounce it different to see if he can agitate me. I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I, lo- I love Eric. He's like the real life Ron Burgundy. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so George won. And, and so George has got a cool question he's going to ask me. But I try to do like a general topic because we, we, we make this podcast public because so, we want people to say, hey, this is cool. I'd like to talk to Ralph or Andrew and have my own little show. So so we try to entice them to donate $5 a month to do that. You get you get this strong, and you get to get a free magnet if you donate for a couple of months. So that's cool. So, George, my topic was I want to talk about the Saints player that you loved as a kid. And it could have been a star player or it could have just been some random Saints player. But what was a player that you loved as a, as a kid? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's there's a guy that comes to mind right away. And um, when, when I was little, Archie Manning was the face of the franchise, you know. I mean, he was on everything. Everywhere you look, it's Archie. And so as a little kid, uh, you know, that that's who, who I would have thought of. But, you know, as I got older and, and learned a little more about football, uh, it was less Archie and, and Ricky Jackson. I mean, yeah. Ricky Jackson was the guy. He he was He's my first jersey I ever uh, had. Oh, I believe it. Sure. I mean, he was a monster. He he was, uh, you know, just as close to unbeatable as as you could get. And loved watching him play. Um, you know, I, I remember being so sad when he left and went to the Forty ers But then, you know, he turns around and gets a Super Bowl ring. And, you know, okay, yeah, it's for the 49ers. And especially back then, you know, everybody in New Orleans hated the 49ers. Uh, well, I'll say this. You had to be happy for the guy, you know. Yeah. He deserved it. And I'll say this about Ricky Jackson, and I say this on Twitter, and I argue with people. I've argued with media people from New York that called me crazy and blocked me. But Ricky Jackson, in the history of the NFL, is the best linebacker after the age of 30 in the history of football. Oh, yeah. He had, seven, yeah, he had over right. 70 sacks post-30 to, like, Lawrence Taylor only had about 50. 
He had he had nine and a half sacks at age thirty seven with San Francisco. His best years were like post thirty three. And the thing is, nowadays you don't think of that as crazy, man. In the eighties and early nineties, for post thirty football players to do anything on defense, if you want a corner was insane because they just didn't have the nutrition. They didn't have the medical advances. They didn't have the science. And Ricky Jackson did it. I don't know. He's just blessed by God or whatever. But post-30, he was incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, look, he was drafted back in 81. And towards the end of his career, 92, 93, he's he's first team all pro. Mm -hmm. You know, still. Uh, It's just incredible. Yeah, my favorite Saints player, I I thought about this, and I'm going to cheat a little. The one guy that I loved later in, and I stand for him, he's one of the, to me, he's the most underrated, underappreciated Saints player in history is Wayne Martin. That dude had double-digit sacks at three different spots on the line. I mean, he was unbelievable. He was even still good. He just got so tired. Like, the Saints in 1999, when Jim Haslick, they tried to convince him to stay because he was still good. And he was like, nah, I'm just going to retire. I'm tired of the dick dick (laughs) nonsense and all. Right. But he was great. He was great. And I remember the moment I knew that he was special was that was back when he was a player. They didn't have the – they hadn't yet developed – the unfettered free agency that they have now, and they had the plan B thing. But they also had free agency where if a player was a free agent, a team could just come along and sign them, and then the, the it, they could sign them, and the, the team would have a week to match, or you'd get two first-round picks. And when Jim Finks was there, they had a couple of players for the Saints that did that. Pat Swilling signed, and the Saints took the whole week to match. Wayne Martin signed with the Redskins, and the Redskins in the early 90s were like the team that knew what they were doing. They had Joe Gibbs and Bobby Beathard and all that. The Saints took one day and were like, no, no, no. Wayne Martin, he, you're, you're, you're staying. We're matching that. Like it took them, it took them one day. And that just told me that like, not only did I love Wayne Martin and know how great he was, like the Saints knew it and they didn't fool around at all. Yeah. And, and that was Jim Finks who let Bobby Aber hold out a whole year over money. <laughs> right, right. So, so you had a question for me. So, I so do. you ask me your question. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Ask me this. All right, all right. So, you know, if you had to pick one option, would you rather have the Saints win the Super Bowl in Atlanta this season, or win it in New Orleans in 2024? Oh. All right, so, so now, on the one hand, Atlanta, right? I mean, yeah. think about the humiliation for Falcons fans, right? I mean, they'd have to evacuate the city if the Saints win, so you know, because the Saints fans would just be going crazy. I mean, I'd cancel my Monday flight home just to wander around the streets of downtown screaming, who that? You know? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think America, and I said this on the podcast, I don't know if you listened last night, I don't think America, George, is prepared for what is going to happen if the Saints are in the Super Bowl in Atlanta. Because I don't think, one thing is, I don't think America, they don't understand post-Katrina that there's thousands of 
expat New Orleans people living in Atlanta permanently. Yeah. And America also doesn't understand the Saints-Falcons rivalry. Like, they they just don't understand it. And the thing is, you know how most rivalries like Steelers-Ravens or Cowboys-Washington or, or whoever you want to – Packers-Bears. Like, their fans are obsessed – with, like, proving that they're the number one rivalry in the NFL. Saints-Falcons fans, we hate each other so fucking much. We don't even care that America understands the rivalry. We just want to hate each other. And right, I don't right, think... Right, Like, we don't care. Like, like people are like, oh, the Saints-Falcons is not the number one rivalry. We're like, we don't even care, dude. We just hate each other. Either you want to come and enjoy this or go about your way and, and go on these other rivalries that aren't as fun, right? So... I just don't think America is prepared for what's going to happen Super Bowl week. So it would be amazing. Yeah. That would be. And would even be... if the Saints win, uh, you know, they beat uh, Kansas City or they beat, you know, whoever. It's not Atlanta. We, we won't care. I mean, even if somehow the Saints could beat Atlanta for the Super Bowl, you know, which is impossible. But even if they could do that, I don't know it would be that much better. Then no, a victory I think, in the Super Bowl against anybody in Atlanta, right? No, and here's the thing: the only reason why I would be tempted, I would be tempted to to have them win it in 2024, is because then you're talking about most likely from 2006 to 2024. That means the Saints are either good or fairly good because. I couldn't see them. I couldn't see this team totally falling apart and then building back up to 2024. So they'd probably stay good, even if they didn't win the Super Bowl this year, right? They'd stay good for that period of time. The only reason why 2024 is so tempting is because Bridgewater would probably be the quarterback, and his celebration dance would be amazing, right? <laughs> In New Orleans, so that'd be amazing. But the other thing, George, is. My kid is only three, and he doesn't really – I've got him hooked on LSU because he likes the fight song and he likes to wave the tiger paw. So I got him hooked on LSU, but I don't have him yeah. hooked on the Saints. And in 2024, he'll be nine, and that's like the perfect, perfect formative years to like hook him and make him a Saints fan forever, right, if the Saints are good yeah. in that time. So that's really, really tempting. I have to say, though – because I'm a selfish person, I want the Super Bowl and I want it now and I want it in Atlanta. <laughs> right, I, right. I would probably pick winning it in Atlanta, but it's really close. That's a really great. That's a really great question. What about you? What, would you rather it now or would you rather it in 2024? Well, you know the thing about uh, having it in the Superdome. Uh, you know, I keep thinking back to what it was like. Uh, inside the dome for the home opener in 06 against mm-hmm. the Falcons, right? And the emotional high of that victory just beats everything else that I can think of, certainly that I've experienced with the Saints. And I, I wonder if maybe winning the, the Lombardi in the dome would be even better. I mean, it yeah. might be. It might you be know? the the party outside would be great. I don't know how many actual Saints fans would be in there because the Superdome, the Super Bowl, is so corporate, and it's hard to get tickets. Although people in New Orleans could just be, they could just say fuck it and pay the price for the ticket because you wouldn't have to fly there, right? So it, yeah, very, I, think a, I think a lot of people would, man. I think and, a lot of it people would be would. a lot of Saints fans, right? So that's possible. I just yeah. 
I mean, where I came down on it was saying Atlanta now, but more about because that means that the trophy is going to breeze. You know, I don't think I want want to be able to argue. I don't think he's going to be quarterback in in six years, you know? Yeah, and I want want to be able to argue that Breeze is one of the top three quarterbacks of all time. And if he could get another Super Bowl and own all the passing records, I can make that case. And that's fun. George, this has been amazing. Uh, I love that question. That this because of that question, they're going to have thousands of people listen to this. So I'm excited. But before we let you go, <laughs> but before we let you go, how long have you been a fan, and what drove you to to actually contribute money to us? Well, I mean, so my first game, uh, you know, this this definitely dates me. My dad took me to uh, go see the Saints uh, in Tulane Stadium. You know, okay. so I've been paying attention to him for a long time. Um, but, you know, I didn't come across you guys uh, until just this past off season, And I know you've been doing the podcast longer than that. But um, what I have been doing is, is reading your columns for quite a while. Oh, at WWL, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, man, I love your writing. I really do. You know, I mean, you're you're like in my top three Saints beat writers. You know, I mean, Henderson was a poet. You know, and and Nick Underhill is a great analyst. Nick Underhill's the best beat writer the Saints have ever had. Well, uh, you know, he he is. He He is. I can't imagine how much time he puts into reviewing stats and rewatching games, you know. I tell this Nick on Twitter, and I have a little relationship with him. I tell him this. I'm going to be so sad when he leaves because he is not yeah. going to be with us forever. He's just not because he's fantastic right. at his job. I mean, Mike Triplett is great too, so maybe he'll be Mike But yeah. I just – like the way Nick Underhill obsesses about it, the athletic or one of the, one of the advanced statistics sites, they're going to gobble him up because he's so good right. at it. Right. Yeah, but Ralph, look, you're unique among that, that cast of guys. Because you're a very good writer, but you bring heart, right? You bring what real fans love to talk about. And and a lot of other sports writers pass on some of those topics because they don't think they sound serious enough, you know? Well, the thing but, is, I will uh, say this. You get on with the guys, and, and uh, every time I hear you all or read your column, I feel better. You know, <laughs> even after that train wreck in Dallas, you cheered me up. I didn't think it was possible. Uh, so, well, thank, you know, keep up the, the great work. The one thing I will say about my writing is WWL. They let me do almost anything that I want. They've only they've only they've only not accepted my column. I think twice in the decade plus I've been doing it. Right? I wrote a column about yeah. making fun of Ray Lewis, and they were like, "No, you can't. You can't make stabbing jokes." That was that one. That one, maybe one other one, they've rejected. But everything else, they let me go. And I understand the, the like the since it's a it's not. I can't curse and I can't make lewd jokes. So I know my parameters. I can maybe push like PG thirteen, right? So I know my box that I'm in. And they let me get. They let me do whatever I want. And so that's that's been fun. But the thing that separates me is everybody else is trying to write what happened, why did it happen. My main thing when I look at a Saints game and I do that recap column, I'm like, why is this funny? Why is this funny? Now I can't always, I never always get there, and I sometimes you can't, you can't make every every column can't be a winner, right? But that's my theory on what I'm trying to do, and that's what we do in the podcast. Like, why is the Saints game funny? Whether they win, whether the Saints either we're laughing at the other team because the Saints are are winning, or we're laughing at the Saints because they're terrible. Like those are the two options that we have. There's there's no other path for us. You know, 
Well, and, that, and that's where the joy of it is, right? Yeah. So, George, thanks, thanks, guy. I appreciate it. This has been amazing. Uh, thanks for donating, guy. We appreciate all the fans that support us. Uh, and this will be up in a couple weeks. And uh, patrons, hey, if you want to have this conversation too, it's five dollars a month. That's that's like a, a, a tall Starbucks latte. You should do it. So, George, uh, thanks for joining us, and everybody else. We'll see you later on down the line. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.